Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Apple Watch's fall and crash detection experiences false positives everywhere from the emergency room to roller coasters. Meta has notified nearly 1 million Facebook users that their login information may have been compromised by apps downloaded from the App Store and Google Play. Alphabet announced new devices during its Pixel event last week, including the Google Pixel 7, Pixel 7 Pro, and the Pixel Watch. And Kanye West had his Twitter and Instagram accounts restricted after posting a series of anti-Semitic posts and tweets on social media. We got all this, our tech confessions, and more in episode 55 of the Tech Chime. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And coming out of Philly, it's your girl, Tech Life Steph. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Welcome back, Kata. Welcome back, Stephanie. (laughs) Happy to be here. Happy to be here. So, y'all, it's been um, a couple weeks since all three of us have been on. Something tells me we're about to have some fun on this show, particularly when we get to the last story. I'm I'm basically forecasting and foreshadowing. We're going to get into just it's it, 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 it some craziness that's going on, but uh, I have uh, something to tell y'all. Is as much as into tech I am, it took all the way until October of 2022 for me to get my first e-reader. Tech confessions. I, we should call this tech confessions. I, you, you I mean don't like, you know mean e-reader as in like a Kindle type. I got deal? my first Kindle. Um, I got I never had one, Kindle. so. You better than me. (laughs) I mean, I have the app on my on my iPad, right? So I can get stuff through the iPad. But no, I'm not buying a separate e-reader. So let me just say this: for years, I have been using uh, my iPad or using a Android tablet or just you know my phone. Or I actually do a lot of reading um, right on the computer screen. But it's, there's been times when I'm just like, man, I want to read this. And maybe it's because I am I'm getting older and my eyes ain't as good as they used to be. But it's like, you know, looking at screens when you're reading for significant periods of time is I, it is clearly it is not good for you. So I've been thinking, like, how can I how can I just make this, you know, easier to read to where I, I'm not physically causing myself eye strain to read? And everybody in my circle is like, why don't you just get a Kindle? It's like, why, why, why are you fighting this? It's like, you know, just, just get one. And I can tell you, I've used people, I've used other people's Kindle before, but it was like, they hand it to me for five minutes. I read something and then I give it back. It wasn't like I was reading it for hours at a time. But, um, let me tell you, I have now, I, I got my Kindle. It hasn't been a week yet. I've probably read a book and a half on it. I've been missing out. Um, it is so which one, which much one did you get? So I got the Kindle Paperwhite. Paperwhite. And uh, the, the reason I got it was, uh, Terrence, I can't remember if it was you or if it was somebody else in our group posted something about like some arrow routers or something like that. Um, Like recently? Recently, like very recently. Uh, that was I'm, Chris. So that was Chris in our group. Um, so I clicked on it just to see what those things were. So there's this event. We talked about it on the show. Uh, what is it? Amazon prime early access. It actually starts tomorrow, um, and goes through Wednesday. So I'm looking and I'm looking and it's like, Oh, this thing is like significantly off, which they probably always do when, you know, when Amazon has, you know, an event. So it's normally like, I think 140 bucks. It was 99 and I have a $50 gift card. And I had a $25 gift card. And I'm like, okay, I can get me a Kindle right now for $25. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You know, just, just so I could tell all these folks, 
I really don't know what the big deal was. I literally was thinking that it's like I could have just kept using my iPad. I could have kept just using my my phone to read. Nah, son, I was wrong. Um, it is so much better. And what I what I realized is that I just don't get tired reading. Um, whereas I would physically get tired reading before um, reading on screens. It, this is just like reading a book. Uh, no, let me. I don't want to lie. It's not just like reading a book. Like when you are reading a book, you don't get the eye strain from the, the, you know, from the radiation from the book pages coming into your eyeballs and, you know, and, and causing you stress. That is what I am noticing about this, uh, about this Kindle. And I just, like I said, I can't believe it took me this long to have well, my, a couple my things. mother. Go ahead. Uh, a couple things. Uh, number one, I don't read enough in order to get a Kindle. Hell, I even hardly read on my iPad, uh, but the Apple Books app does a good job of simulating a e-ink-ish mm-hmm. type environment. Uh, again, it's not the same as a book and it's probably not as the same as a paper white. Number two, um, you don't use the glasses that have the blue light filtering. That- yeah, that's, the, that's these right here. But the problem uh-huh. is th- for me is that these glasses... 89% of the time are sitting right here on my desk. When I get done in front of the computer, I take them off and go else places. So mm-hmm. what I, I never even thought about that I wasn't using my, my, you know, blue blocking glasses or blue light blocking glasses when I was reading on these other devices. It's generally just when I'm down here in front of a computer. In fact, I got two pair. I got one, you know, down here in my office. I've got another one up like, you know, sitting in a drawer, uh, you know, on like this, like the family computer. So that's a that's another part of it as well. So, yeah, I'm getting none of that blue light coming from, um, you know, uh, the Kindle as well. So, like I said, it's just I can't believe I made it this long without getting one. And that was a mistake. It, reading see, on this thing my is- problem is I still just buy books. I love books. I don't know that I'm going to stop buying books anytime soon. I'm running into some storage issues uh, back here because I this is really the only area in my house I have to store books um, at the moment. So uh, it's getting a little bad, but right now I'm, I'm still buying books. That was a big thing for me too. So I was buying, I would just go buy the, generally I would buy the paperback of whatever I was going to read. And what, one of the reasons I started getting more into just the Kindle apps is because you can highlight and everything in the Kindle mm-hmm. and it, you know, it syncs across devices. So, so all of that stuff that a Kindle is designed to do, I just wasn't doing it on a Kindle. So, so like I said, uh, yeah, for everybody who has been telling me for years, it's like, they're not that expensive. You should just get one. My bad. You was right. You was right. I may have to do it just for, for travel. It would be, it would be good to have something like that when I was traveling. So I'm, I may have to break down and invest. Yeah, my, my mother swears by him. She says she's probably on her third or fourth one. My daughter swears by him. I know she's on her third one because I've bought her three over the years. Um, so, so yeah, I guess they're, they're, it's it's a wonderful device. Uh, thank you, Amazon. I appreciate that <laughs> e-reader that you have put out. You're making my life a little bit easier. But that being said, that's Rob's personal technical story let let's get into some actual tech stories that have been happening across the uh, you know across the last week so last week Terrence uh, you and I we talked about a story you know it was a, kind of a you know, kind of it was a very unfortunate sad story of a car accident but there was a passenger in the car who ultimately succumbed to her injuries but the authorities were notified because she had on the Apple watch and there was crash detection um a uh, you know, someone that I know, you know, very, very well, um, who is a healthcare worker actually called me after listening to the episode and said, let me tell you what happened in the ER. Now, we're not breaking any HIPAA violations or anything like that. You know, I was not told any specifics of, you know, the situation other than the tech angle that we're going to talk about now. But my, uh, you know, like I said, you know, some, someone that I know very well, uh, is a trauma nurse in an ER. And they were actually performing, um, you know, chest compressions, you know, CPR, uh, you know, on a patient who had on an Apple Watch. And the Apple Watch actually called 911, um, or, or called, or, or called, how, I'm not exactly sure how it works, but a phone call was made to someone. Now that, of course, they couldn't stop doing what they were doing to go and say, Hey, Apple, you don't need to do what you're doing. Um, you know, we got this covered. So it actually, you know, completed the call. 
and like it's not funny, but what's what's kind of funny about it is that actually, you know, Apple is trying to send 911 services to the hospital where this was actually happening. But um, what was interesting is like we were thinking, it's like, well, you know, I didn't think that the Apple Watch actually would notify based off of like cardiac events and stuff like that. And it does not. It does not do that. It'll let you, you know, it, it can detect things, but it doesn't notify on that. What we figured ended up happening was that it was the fall detection was turned on. So for those who don't know, CPR can be a fairly violent thing. It doesn't actually go down like what it looks like on TV. People's ribs generally get broken. It is <laughs> well, well, you know, they can't literally give somebody CPR on for TV. Real. Yeah. <laughs> so they got to it's got to We need the realism. Go ahead and break right, them ribs right, right, right. So hopefully, hopefully nobody is actually looking at TV and be like, "Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it's supposed to work." But, you know, people. So so, but no, it was, uh, you know, th- that's what we think happened. So one of the nurses after the uh, event was over is literally like saying, Hey, you don't need to send, you know, the, you know, paramedics to the hospital. We are the hospital. You know, the, the, the person on the Apple side literally wanted to talk to the person who was having the event. It's like, no, that's not happening. I'm, I'm just telling you. They're you unconscious to, because we're um, performing CPR. You know, the, uh, you don't need to send, uh, you know, any authority. So you literally will be, you know, you'll be tying up, you know, a, you know, an EMS squad to send it to the hospital where this person already is. And that was really all she could tell me because, like I say, we couldn't get into any specifics of what was going on or anything like that. But I just thought that that was interesting that, uh, you know, fall detection, um, you know, it notifies, too, if you have it set up to do that. And this person was actually in the hospital uh, having a medical procedure done that caused it to go off and to call the authorities to send someone to get them to the hospital. So it was like this big circular thing that. Um, you know, they were in. So I thought that, uh, you know, we should talk about that. And it kind of leads into like, you know, with just some of the new stuff that's coming out with this crash detection. It's like now we know that roller coasters are setting it off. So yeah, it sounds you know. like the fall detection and the crash detection, um, you know, they did their best to, to try to mitigate and 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 recreate situations where these things would would be necessary and appropriate um but you can't account for everything you're never going to be able to account mm-hmm. for everything and 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 every time something new comes up then we get these stories and and we have to account for a roller coaster or account for CPR or account for um but I, I think at the end of the day it's still worthwhile to have these features on the devices and hopefully they they don't tax the system too much and overwhelm the system too much where, you know, now when one is like the boy who cried wolf now, like we ain't going cause it's probably at the, at the, you know, the amusement the park or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and hopefully we don't get into, you know, situations like that where they decide not to come um, because they think it's not a big deal, but um, I, I'd rather have them than not have them. So. Right. Right. Which is weird with the roller coaster thing. Right. Because. Um, now I went to the state fair last week, last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend. And, um, it wasn't a big roller coaster, but it was a little roller coaster and it has to drop and it has the abrupt turns. And I have the Apple watch and the iPhone that has crash detection and fall detection. And to my knowledge, they're turned on. I haven't went in and turned them off. Uh, I didn't get any sort of messages and then I'd say like a month and a half before that, we went to like a Six Flags. And now while I didn't have the phone that had the crash detection, I had the watch on that had the fall detection and it didn't detect anything. We were on like for real, for real roller coaster. So I'm curious as to specifically, and we probably will never know, uh, what is fall detection and or crash detection looking for that would trigger that sort of response when you're not literally in a fall or in a crash. Well, there was something uh, TechCrunch put an article out recently where they spoke to some Apple executives that work specifically in that department. And I know one of the things is um, G-force detection. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So up to 256 Gs, they have a new gyroscope, a new accelerometer, uh, Mm -hmm. plus the GPS of the device. So uh, I think that's one of them. I mean, you know, and depending on maybe your, your hand or arm positioning, on the on the roller coaster if you weren't doing right. this or if you you know if your hands were securely inside the 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 car like yeah, they suggest I, you I do don't, 
I, I ain't no punk, but I don't do the hands up thing. I <laughs> and and that that may that. that may make a you know make a difference because <laughs> the the roller coaster situation that they've been seeing is actually was actually in Ohio, Rob, in Cincinnati at Kings Island, and they said over the last like two months or so they were called out to that same amusement park like six different times uh, for this kind of thing. So there's definitely something going on uh, as far. So I think that a roller coaster in Cincinnati is one of those ones where it shoots you out and makes you go up. I mean, it shoots. I mean, literally, it's like it's like a rail gun. Just shoots you out really quick. Like slingshot goes up things. over something, slingshots you out, yeah. and then when it comes back, it stops almost abruptly as it shoots. It shot you out. So I'm wondering if it's just a style of roller coaster that you're on yeah. that's doing it. And also, um, you know, if you're on one of those nice, smooth, still roller coasters where you know you smoothly go around the curves and you know do the loop to loops and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, as compared to one of them old wooden roller coasters where you sitting there and it's rocking you back and forth and doing all that kind of stuff, you know, it, it might just be you know depending on the type of ride you're on um, yeah. to do it. I would imagine that they need to start putting signs up on bumper cars though, because I could see being in bumper cars that setting it off. All yeah. the time, especially yeah. like if because, you know, that, that you know, I don't go to uh, amusement parks much. But when I do go, one of the things I love to do is get in a bumper car. Why? Because I'm six, four and a half, 300 and some odd pounds. And I and my nieces and nephews and children <laughs> so are not nearly as big as around. me. So when they think they're going <laughs> to bump me, no, they ain't bumping me. I'm bumping them. No, they they get they, they really get bumped. I can see, you know, when I run into somebody at full speed on a bumper car that they crash detection would go off if they had it on their phone. I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm assuming that Apple didn't just be like, oh, yeah, you know what? Well, we did forget to test these things on roller coasters. I'm pretty sure they've done some sort of testing to rule that out. So I am still surprised that these many incidents are happening, um, you know, from a company like Apple, who I, you would assume that would take that into account. You would assume that, but I, in, in, in the same TechCrunch article where those executives were explaining kind of how much testing they did, it, it didn't seem extraordinarily extensive you okay. know it, it, it as a matter of fact let me let me let me just read it because i i can i can tell you better than i can um i can show you better than i can tell because it, it and i was and i was actually pretty surprised um when i read this it said the company didn't offer an exact number of car crashes that were required to create the final data set but did imply that it was more than dozens and added that <laughs> thousands of its own devices were used in the process apple says such real world crashes are difficult to simulate particularly ones that can check off the necessary boxes so i like that said that statement right there i was like dozens i mean i know you can't just be out here like crashing cars cars, yeah yeah i mean but maybe go to one of those facilities where they do the crash test dummies and Mm -hmm. and invest in in you know some multiple reps there or um something but it 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 definitely that struck me because it definitely felt like they probably could have done more testing and, and considered more situations and scenarios where um, this thing might give a false positive. Right. Well, maybe we're the crash test dummies. So right. We, <laughs> They're collecting all fairs. our data. Right. 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 Send all this data. Apple's but like, oh, Apple that's says, what happens. Would you like to send your data back to uh, <laughs> Apple for use? And, you know, that's that's what we doing. We out here right. the guinea pigs. You know, you know, I think people are people too. They trying to make this. They they're trying to figure oh, out. Of course they are. How can I make there's, this thing go off? There's so a tons lot of, of YouTube videos that. already it, out. Yeah. People and trying until it. you until they put a personal uh, fly sized drone that comes with your Apple Watch that's just hovering above you at all times and it's actually taking video and the video shows the the person from Apple that you were indeed in an accident or you indeed did fall and need assistance. Until that happens, there's going to be a ton. Of false positives uh, with this, but I'm with you, Steph. If I if I fall if I got one on and I fall down the steps, I would much rather it err on the side of caution. And yes. if I don't respond back quick enough, call somebody as compared call to somebody. let me stay there. And it's like we ain't really sure if he really fell or if he just kind of slid or or what he did. So we we just gonna hold up. I would much rather it err on the side of caution. Call somebody. So, uh, Terrence, this next story, I believe you stuck in here um, about uh, all the stolen, uh, you know, uh, data due to uh, malicious Facebook. I hadn't even heard about this one until you put it in. 
So, uh, you know, so I read through and I'm like, oh, this, this doesn't look that great. But why don't you go ahead and tell us about, uh, you know, what is going on with well, uh, it's these motion in the, apps? Sure. It's in the same vein, in my opinion, of the Cambridge Analytica thing mm-hmm. to where the reason why they were able to get all that data is because these heavy Facebook users were playing all these games and the games would be like, uh, in 1985, what was the number one movie out? And through all those little bitty tests that everybody kept doing, they was able to collect enough data to figure out your political lean, the way you lean politically. And then one thing led to another. We got Donald Trump and now we got all these things, right? So the same types of malicious apps were where people had logged into these apps, according to the story that I'm reading. Um, Facebook or well, Meta, the parent company, Facebook announced they had identified more than 400 malicious apps across iOS and Android apps. These apps, they noted, are designed to steal credentials by disguising themselves as various services ranging from photo editors to mobile games. Apple said 45 of the 400 problematic apps were on its app store and have been removed. Google removed all that malicious apps and questions, the spokesperson said. So the reason why I put this story out there, not necessarily to rag on Facebook, but to pose the question with so many apps and services and then services within apps and apps within services and, and social media and email and website and cookies. And do you want to share your data and all these apps and all these phones collecting information? The question I wanted to pose. Is there such a thing as data privacy anymore? No, there is, never was. Well, well, is there real quick? No. <laughs> right, right. Well, going uh, to, to extend the question even further. Are the, is there, and Stephanie, I'll, I'll ask this question to you because you kind of specialize in this. Is there any really thing, anything we really can do when it comes to scrubbing the internet for your data to avoid things like this and, you know, any other future events happening? Or are we just, we, it, the data's gone no. already. The data, the data's gone. The genie's out of the okay. bottle. I mean, once okay. you signed up for these social networks that were free and you gave them your name and your email and your phone number and, you know, you started posting all your pictures and, and making comments, like that's all data. That, that's what I think people don't really understand about this. Number one, I'm, I'm still, I'm always shocked that people still play these Facebook games. You see, I see it all the time where they post the results and say, what Beyonce song are you? And, oh, it's, you know, lemonade or some some nonsense like that and and you know Still, I'm, I'm to this day yes to this, to this day. day and, and this i mean I, I guess that's the point of social media is to make it fun and and people don't really understand what they're collecting when you're playing those games and when you log in using facebook on any other website Terrible around the web idea, i never the do don't, listen <laughs> don't ever do that if you gotta just get a dummy email get a throwaway email, use an email and password to sign up for anything. Do not log in with Facebook. Do not log in with Gmail. Don't take that easy route um, when you're logging into stuff. But yeah, um, you know, I, I think when when people think about um, their their data and their privacy, they're only really thinking about my bank account information or my credit card mm-hmm. information or mm-hmm. my health information. I don't want that to get out there. But you already put almost anything a hacker would need to get at you out there already, just by virtue of your normal, natural behavior on these platforms. Every time Mm -hmm. you type a comment every time you there I mean folks are collecting keystrokes at this point so the stuff that you don't type is still data that can be collected that people can have some sort of information about you so it yeah that that genie been out the bottle for a long time and unless you just don't have an internet presence at all and never have um there's really no way to 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 put that back I mean you know ultimately is somebody out there looking for you specifically probably not but if you're a part of you know, that Bank of America hack that happens or Binance, the world's largest uh, crypto platform just got hacked recently for like a hundred million dollars or something like that. So it's just like, could it happen? Is is yes. You know what I mean? Will it happen? Maybe, maybe not. You, it's a 50-50 chance. I mean, literally a flip of the coin. Um, but But understand that it's not just about 
you know, sensitive information. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all of the information, er- everything mm-hmm. we do, our likes, you know, even if we just like a post, that's data that they can use to put together a profile of, of you and, and start serving you ads or, or whatever, like every single little thing you do. And it, it sounds like, damn, well, what's the point? And, and I mean, that's kind of it. It's just like at, at this point, it, it's, it's kind of all in the noise and, and, and the fact that you've already established this digital footprint um, means that you're not really going to ever be able to scrub it all away. You can make it mm-hmm. a lot harder for people to find the average person, but you know, the hackers and the people who, you know, sell data, data brokers and people like that, like this is what they do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the idea that you're getting away from this or getting around it um, through any methods, um, you know, any conventional methods is just naive to think and, and probably not going to happen. Yeah, and the other thing is that the stuff that many of these companies are doing is absolutely legal for them to do. It's not like it's an illegal thing. It's like you are saying, yes, please take my data and build these profiles on me. You are usually signing that away. Um, I do understand that there is a fine print issue. People simply aren't going to read those end user user licenses, uh, those EULAs. They're not going to read those Mm -hmm. uh, to, to understand what they're giving away. Um, and I think that there probably should be some things that come out to actually help protect consumers, uh, you know, from this. But at the end of the day, if it's legal for companies to collect data on you and it's profitable for them to do it, then it's going to it's going to continue to happen. I think right. it's going to take Congress actually agreeing on something and changing some laws not to make this go away, but just to just to put some rules to it. So that you can, to some extent, try to opt out of some stuff that are that they're playing by the rules. Problem is that everybody's not going to play by the rules. Everybody is not, you know, you know, governed by what we do here in the United States. So, um, like like you said, the genie is kind of out of the bottle. But there are some things that can. Uh, but even if you start opting out, all they're going to do is make the experience so awful for you right. who opted out right. that you'll opt back in or <laughs> and or yeah. start charging people, which is also not like you. You've been giving this away for free for so long. For so I mean, long. you know, you could be like the, the the crack dealer now and be like, OK, on the come and get you on the comeback, especially now mm-hmm. that these platforms have become this this business and revenue generating opportunity mm-hmm. for creators. Right. They might be able to now go back. And be like, all right, all y'all people that's making money off this stuff, we're gonna start charging you. Um, mm-hmm. but that's a risky venture. I don't think they're gonna do it um no anytime soon un- until to your point, Rob, Congress comes in and says, Well, you can't collect this and you can't collect that and you can't collect that. Um, it yeah, we we just I mean, we did it to ourselves, honestly. Right. We did it right. to ourselves, and we don't have nobody to blame but ourselves. Free <laughs> ain't never been free. Free ain't never free. Free ain't never been free. So <laughs> That is, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a big story. Like I said, I, I wasn't really paying attention specifically to it, but when I started looking into it, I was like, man, they, they still getting this. Well, um, I was wondering why Apple's only removed 45 of the 400 malicious apps so far. I'm like, what y'all waiting on? Like, right. Let's like, go nix all of them. Yeah. Why y'all letting Google like get y'all get ahead of y'all on this? Like, right. On, man, for just, a change. Just, just delete <laughs> them all. Just remove them all. But, you know, but again, it comes back down to money. Apple takes 30 percent uh, off the mm-hmm. top from from all mm-hmm. the apps on its app store. So those other uh Four hundred and and mm. and fifty five or three hundred fifty five that's still on there, probably making them a fair amount of money. So they're mm-hmm. like, well, we just gonna wait and and maybe put a warning or some sort mm-hmm. of you know notification on there that it that it could be collecting data in a malicious way. But it cash cream baby cream and dream <laughs> data rules everything around. Yeah, me. Apple's out the mother of the mother three hundred and some. It's mm-hmm. like a, let me let me pull the calculator out right fast. Exactly. Let's uh. <laughs> Well, we don't necessarily need to pull this. Maybe if we just put a warning out. So, and that's all they're gonna do. And 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 again, that's I just people just need to understand that um, this is the way the internet does business. And if you choose to engage on the internet, you have to figure out a way to reconcile yourself to this fact um, and be okay with it. Uh, and, and I and I hate to sound defeatist and 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 pessimistic about it but but it's just the way the, the internet does business right now i mean it could change you know dramatically at some point in the future but this is the way the internet does business right now so you know you kind of got to suck it up 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. So as, as we get into this next story, we, we haven't really talked a lot about EVs uh, on the show, EVs being electric vehicles. Uh, I don't think any of the three of us own um, one at this point, but you know, um, EVs are, they, they are getting to the point to where you don't break your neck trying to look at a Tesla. You don't really break your neck. You, you, pr- you probably wouldn't even notice if you were looking at a, uh, Ford F-150 Lightning, um, if it were to drive past, cause it looks just like a regular, uh, Ford F-150. But, uh, there is a, uh, a company out there, uh, if you are aware of them, Rivian, they, they've got really, really cool looking headlights. So whenever you see one, you kind of know, uh, what it is. But it looks like they have just done a recall on all of their vehicles, or, or almost all like, of the vehicles they back. have ever put out. It's like bring them all back for oh, you know very serious I I uh, recall. Seen this. I'm looking at it now because I'm like, have I ever even seen a Rivian on that? I think I might have seen one or two on the road. And the, so the reason why I put this story in there, one, because I have an aging vehicle, and quite possibly within the next year or so. I may be in the market for a new vehicle. I guess at the time, you know, it makes sense to take a look at EVs. Uh, one of the vehicles that I was looking at, you know, just eyeballing, uh, is a Rivian. They have a new third, um, not a, not, yeah, they have a SUV. They have, they, they have the, the pickup truck that mm-hmm. recently came out within the past six months to a year. <clears throat> now they're starting to roll out their SUV with a third row. I've got a family. I've got kids. I'm like, oh, let me take a look at this. And then sure enough, I'm looking at them. I'm like, well, I had to cross that one off the list. Maybe maybe not. (laughs) Because they have, like Rob said, pretty much recalled just about all of their vehicles. Because according to uh, this story, the company warns that certain 2022 R1T pickup trucks and the R1S SUV, the one I was looking at, and the electric delivery vans, so the actual commercial vans that they sell as well, may feature an improperly torqued front upper control arm and steering knuckle retention fastener. This, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, could cause excessive wheel camber or, in rare occasions, a separation, the wheel coming off, <laughs> affecting the driver's ability to control the vehicle. Obviously, if the wheel comes off, that will affect the driver's ability <laughs> to control the vehicle <laughs> and increasing the risk of a crash. Yeah, obviously, if the wheel comes off, that is increasing the <laughs> potential crash. Right, right, right. Just a little bit, right? So, but according Rivian, they say, you know, they're going to go the extra step, go the extra mile, recall all the vehicles. If you do have one, it should take like 30 minutes to retorque and just, you know, and see, that was the part that that got me because I was just mm-hmm. like, you're recalling every single one of your vehicles. But all somebody need to do is go in there with a wrench and do this a couple times. Well, like, no, I, 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 I wouldn't feel comfortable that that was a good enough solution. To right. This well, problem. I'm assuming that's oversimplifying it. I'm, I'm assuming and I'm, maybe there is some extra calibration. Minutes. Yeah. Maybe like, there's some extra calibration. I don't minutes. know. I well, don't the know. point, the overall point I wanted to get to was Rivian is a new company. And since their inception, they have been hit with um, supply chain issues with the whole chip shortages and then COVID hit right when they was trying to, you know, blow up. So that kind of slowed down production. And now that they're starting to, 
trying to get to some sense of, all right, ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. We're about to start rolling out these vehicles. Now we've got two. Then this hits. So it's almost like with electric vehicles and, you know, even going back with Tesla with all their autopilot issues. And then, you know, you got some other companies that they are announcing all these new electric vehicles, but they ain't shipped none of them yet. So I'm, I'm almost trying to figure out, is this like a sign of things to come for not the foreseeable future, but for a while until electric vehicles get that to that point to where your average person can go out, shop for an electric vehicle, buy one, take it home and not have to be worried about how am I going to charge this thing? And since it's so new, uh, am I going to be worried about any recalls because the company's so in a rush to ship these things out to make money that they've overlooked or over something got l- l- uh, missed? You know, when are we going to get to that point to where buying an electric vehicle is as ubiquitous as buying a gas combustion engine? That was the overall question. Yeah, I think um, sooner, probably rather than later. So when I think about this recall, so number one, we all know all recalls are not equal. Uh, your wheel potentially falling off while you're driving your whip is different than a loose belt that rattles your air conditioner uh, when you drive over 52 miles an hour. Those things are different things. Um, but as far as Rivian is concerned, it's not like GM doesn't have these these type of, uh, you know, recalls. We know Toyota has had them. Toyota had, a, you know, one where the airbags. If you, if you, yeah, airbag issues or mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to, who was the company that had it? If you actually use your accelerate, you, you know, um, you know, your gas pedal, it could potentially stick and not unstick. Um, oh, wow. you know, I, I think I, I, I vaguely remember. Yeah, I can't it, remember. But it was like a yeah. big regular car manufacturer. It wasn't like it was an EV. This was like a regular car manufacturer. I don't want to say who it was and be wrong, but it was one of the, you know, the, probably let's just say the big five or six, like just regular everyday kind of cars that people drive. So. You know, recalls are a thing. The problem is for a company like Rivian is that because you are, you know, because, you know, the consumers are looking at them and they're kind of, okay, I'm thinking about this. Man, they had a recall. Do I want to go with that? Every car company you you could ever buy a car from that's been building cars for more than 10 years have had recalls. So -hmm. that's not the thing. But the fact that they're so new and when you look at the number of uh, you know, you know, cars that they bring back. Like I said, GM, Chrysler, Ford, if they were to do a recall, Rivian's recalling what, 15, 16, 17,000 vehicles? We've Not seen even GM, that many. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, we, we've seen them recall hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, you know, of vehicles for things that they've had to do. But they have been companies that have been building cars literally forever. You know, we, we have no memory of them not being around. Um, one of the things, you know, uh, that, you know, when I do talk about EVs, um, that I said is that, you know, uh, I think that the like like the Ford F-150 uh, Lightning, it's it's going to change uh, people's minds about EVs, because when you get that, you just get in a truck that runs on batteries. It's the same truck that has been the number one selling vehicle in the United States for 30, you know, for well over 30 years. Um, it just happens to run on batteries. So you don't necessarily perceive it differently. Um, you know, other than, you know, the fact that, oh, I plug this in as, as compared to putting gas in it. When you're talking about Rivian, you still, oh, that, that's something different. I think even with Tesla, you don't really think about it as something special anymore because there are so many. It's like, I, I, I don't know, here in Ohio, I see Teslas. I can think of four Teslas just in my neighborhood. Um, you know, you know, just, in, just, just in my little development, I know that there are at least four Teslas in here. Um, I know people who have, Two, and I know one person who has three in their family. So it's like, you know, Tesla is, you know, they're, they're ubiquitous now when it comes to them. Both have them. For like a company like Rivian, though, it's like you had to recall, you know, you only got 15, 16,000 of these things out there and you got to recall all of them. All of them. That's going to stand out to people. So, mm-hmm. yeah, y'all starting I on the one and three instead of the two and the four. Right. <laughs> really? I mean, I think these are going to, you know, they'll, I think the the idea is going to be fine. I think they'll, make their way into sort of mainstream consciousness 
fully um, to Rob's point sooner rather than later. I definitely agree with that. I was reading an article though uh, today actually that talked about the idea of self-driving cars and that concept being dead because of all the money that's already been thrown at it and the fact that they just can't seem to get that right. Um, is that a thing that's actually going to survive um, as we move forward? And, and, and I would say if you do bail on anything, that would probably be it. Which which kind of burns me up, right? It's like, why are you trying to do everything all at once? Right. I'm like, we ain't got the electric vehicles on the road good. Y'all trying to do electric and autonomous at the same time? Mm-hmm. Like, can we can we get the electric down. vehicle jump? <laughs> right, right. Can we can we get the electric vehicle thing regular before y'all trying to get people uh, taking a nap while they driving? <laughs> can right. we slow down? <laughs> So here's my thought on the uh, autonomous driving. Is it coming? It's absolutely coming, but not like we think. It ain't going to be the three of us driving, you know, you know, sitting in the back seat of our, you know, of our whips and it's taking us to the mall or driving us, you know, uh, you know, to, to homecoming or whatever the case, whatever the case is, we would travel and let, you know, an AI drive us. That's not what's coming first. I think it's going to be semis. I think it's going to be trucking is is going to be the area where you're going to see autonomous vehicles. Like once these companies say it's safe enough for us to use it, uh, for basically the highway and we can run a truck, you know, one of the problems that trucking has right now is that the humans driving them are legally can only drive for so many hours per day. Mm -hmm. AI don't have none of them problems. So I see that when they actually get it safe enough for these trucks to be on the highway and go back and forth across the highway. That they'll actually see and won't kill black people. Um, When that actually happens, when that actually happens, then I think that's when it's going to take off in the trucking industry, just because you're going to have companies. We can make way, way more money or we can save way more money by having our drivers just do that last three, four miles, you know, to get them out of the yard onto the freeway and then allow the AI to take it, you know, from, you know, from Chicago to, uh, you know, to Los Angeles. Uh, I think that that that's where you're going to see AI really take off. And, and I think very, aren't, very aren't we already seeing it like with Domino's deliveries and, you know, aren't there a few? Well, I mean, they're not big vehicles. They're like those little sort of, you know, whatever. But um, we are seeing autonomous applications uh, in delivery already. And, and you know, I agree that the uh, shipping is going to be the next probably the next big thing. It reminds me of that um, movie Logan with uh, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And in one mm-hmm. of the scenes, you can see like the trucks with no cabin, just like the two cargo things driving down the street. And I think they include an action scene with one of them. I can't remember. But yeah, I can definitely see that. I just think, why are we trying to put these in cars right now? It's like they're trying. Everybody is like a, a nuclear arms race that ain't nobody winning. <laughs> right. Doing, y'all doing too much right now, well, basically. Well, you know, it, it is an arm race because whoever gets it right. They make a lot of money on it because here's the thing cars for the most part if you get any new joints they pretty much can drive themselves already uh you just need to hook up the the ai to them to allow them to do so um you know a buddy of mine you know his car uh you know it, it parks itself it does all that kind of stuff he's not in the right state but it could literally you know put it in a mode where the car would come pick him up it basically is like you know concierge service to where the car mm-hmm. can go park itself and come and pick him up at the front. Now he can't do it because the state doesn't allow it, but the car pretty much drives itself. So he always drives it, but the car could, if you know, they were, you know, click some buttons and turn that on. So yeah, yeah I, I think that thing, it is, uh, you know, I, I think we're eventually going to get to it. Till that thing run his toes over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, before we get to our last story, um, you know, I, I, I purposely put this down in, the, um, you know, in, in our rundown, cause I know y'all don't care, but, uh, Google, they did have a pixel event. Um, and I will say this, uh, Google makes, they make good phones. They, they, they do is, does it compare to the iPhone? Um, no, it doesn't sell. It's there's, you know, what Google will sell in phones is a rounding air to what Apple's going to sell. So I'm not saying that, but they do have some nice phones. Um, particularly if you're not already using a flagship Samsung or a flagship Android device and you're coming maybe from a mid-tier phone, these are things you should look at. So let's just go over a little bit. So it, they announced, uh, you know, three new devices, the Google uh, Pixel 7, the 7 Pro, 
and the Pixel Watch. So if you start with the watches, uh, both watches have a new Tensor G2 chip. They have IP68 dust and weatherproof protection, or excuse me, dust and waterproof protection, 24-hour battery, uh, Qi wireless charging, USB-C fast charging, um, and can charge other devices. Um, they have a fingerprint um, reader that's under the screen. They have face lock, built-in VPN for for many cases, not in every country is that available. Um, and a 10.8 megapixel front camera. Um, there's some software stuff in there like sleep tracking. Um, it'll, it, you know, it can note, you know, it can determine when you're snoring. So it can actually get a good, you know, metric on how you're actually sleeping. Um, you know, there, uh, you know, some cool camera stuff. We talked about, uh, real tone last year with the Pixel 6. They're keeping mm-hmm. on with that. So one of the cool things that they're doing with the camera is they actually have the ability to, uh, frame shots for visually impaired, uh, which is pretty cool because you figure that, you know, visually impaired, they have phones too. They use them all the time, but if they can't see whether or not they're framed up when they're taking a selfie of themselves, they're sending you pictures that are blurry, that they're not framed right. Uh, you know, this feature, uh, is called guided frame actually helps with that. Um, they have better, uh, cinematic blur mode. So you can get like that, uh, that bokeh that looks like, you know, um, that, that real nice blur, like you're using the DSLR. Right. Um, and they've improved the photo unblur. So one of the cool things that came out with the Pixel 6 was you take a blurry picture, it actually would use this AI to sharpen that picture up and make it less, you know, less blurry. Um, and they've improved that. Uh, the seven, um, comes with a 6.3 inch 1080 by 2400, uh, screen. Um, it has up to a 90 uh, hertz refresh, variable refresh rate. It has a 50 megapixel ultra wide rear camera and eight gigs of RAM, um, 128 and 256 gig of storage options. And I believe it starts at 599. The seven pro has a 6.8 inch 1140 by 3120, uh, display with up to 120 hertz variable refresh, uh, uh, rate. It actually uh, has 12 gigabytes RAM, has a 512 gigabyte storage option. And one of the really cool things is that in addition to the, you know, the, the 50 megapixel uh, camera, it also has a 48 megapixel telephoto lens. Um, they can do up to 5x optical uh, zoom um, or 30x uh, digital zoom. And it also has macro focus mode, uh, where it can focus in as close to three, you know, three centimeters, just like you literally have your phone right down on something trying to take a picture. I did appreciate the 30x zoom. I think that's the one area where the iPhone really lacks. Falls on its face. Yeah, yeah. on its face. You can't zoom in for shit to see nothing for, and, and, you know, sometimes you want that picture from across a river or you know whatever and 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 apple's apple's the iphone zoom is is trash it really, yeah, really is it is because i was at a um my daughter's in color guard for the band and they had a home game just this past friday and you know we're sitting up in the stands and you know of course i'm gonna try to get my baby on camera and mm-hmm. but she's sitting kind of far back you know because color guard the people with the flags don't like care about them. So they in the back. <laughs> so I'm in the stands trying to zoom in on my iPhone 14 Pro Max. I get any close. She looked like daggone uh, boogeyman or something out there all blurry and yes. fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. I, iPhone zoom is is just trade on. And it makes no sense why it should still be that bad. You know, when you're upgrading so many other aspects of the camera, um, why they continue to leave that part out. So mm-hmm. Apple will do better. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, last thing I'll just say this real quick. They put a Pixel Watch out as well. Uh, you know, the watch is $340. I think it's like 41 millimeters, comes in three colors, matte black, gold, and silver. It does what Fitbit watches have always done. So it's going to track your workouts. It's going to track your, uh, like your, you know, it's got sensors for like, EC, you know, you know, ECG and fall detection and all that kind of good stuff in it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just not feeling the watch. Uh, but y'all, you, aesthetically, you the design is, 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 yeah. is, is really basic and, and like there's nothing stylish or aesthetically pleasing about the design of that Pixel Watch at all. I was pretty mm-hmm. disappointed with it because I was excited about the Fitbit integration and the fact that, you know, they, they bought that company with the intention of putting out a watch that, you know, could potentially rival the Apple Watch. But then y'all, y'all whiff the design. It's all okay. right. It's all right. I I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I like I like some of the watch faces uh, on here and the circular 
circular design is something different, unlike the Apple Watch, which is more of a cube design. So I could see people look at it and be like, oh, that's something different. But other than that, yeah, yeah. Smartwatch is a smartwatch nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> I am not the market for this because I didn't even like the, I, I think it was on this show three, four weeks ago when we first looked at the, uh, the new, uh, the Apple Watch 8. What is it? What is the, what is the high one called? The, the Ultra. Ultra. The Ultra. Mm-hmm. That's like the first Apple Watch that I said, ah, I actually could see myself wearing that. I have just not been a smartwatch person because I actually like real watches. I like, you know, the big stainless steel navigator style watches with dials and physical buttons and all, and all that kind of stuff. So so this really isn't doing anything for me, but they do have one. Um, some of the re- reviews that I've actually looked at um, almost unanimous, unanimously, they say they should have just called this the Google Fitbit as compared to the, you know, the Google, uh, you know, the Google watch, because Google is still Google and they're confusing the heck out of everything. So before this thing launched, Google actually had something called Google Fit. Well, this doesn't use that. It uses the Fitbit stuff. <laughs> They still have both apps. They're not getting rid of one, at least not yet. Now we know app, you know, Google will, they're apt to kill anything at any time. So you never know. They might end up pulling, you know, uh, killing, uh, Google Fit. But right now you literally have two different applications that are used to do the same thing from a device that feeds both of them with different signals. That well, is we the talked most about Google thing right. that Google could do. Sounds about right. <laughs> All right. And Rob, we talked about this, what, last week or the week before, how Google just launched stuff. And the reason why a report said the reason why they frequently launch and then subse- subsequently cancel a lot of things is because the people who are launching these products have figured out the game and mm-hmm. said, All right, if I want to get promoted, I need to launch something, have that in my portfolio, have some that on my resume that I successfully launched this thing. Once I've launched it, that's on my resume. I get promoted. I get more money. Move me off that project. And the Mm -hmm. people coming behind me, they really can't sustain it because they wasn't there at the ground floor. And subsequently, subsequently, these things die. So again, this may, that Google Fit sounds like it fits into that category where somebody was like, let me launch this thing right quick. And then it kind of sat on the shelf. And then somebody else came through was like, all right, Google Pixel Watch 7, whatever. Let me launch that. And now you got two competing things or two confusing things. <laughs> I didn't even put this in the rundown, but I will say it. They announced a Google tablet. Um, that's going to come out, uh, sometime next year. (laughs) I can tell you right now, I wouldn't spend my own money. If Google, let me just say it like this, Google, if you want me to test it out, you need to send me one. Um, you know, I'll sign the embargo agreements and all that kind of stuff. In fact, send all three of us one. We'll we'll all test it out, but hey, I'm not reckoning nobody (laughs) spend money on a Google tablet that they just announced and it hasn't, you know, it it hasn't come out yet. It looked kind of cool. That, but it also looks like yeah. absolutely something that would be killed within two yeah. years of that thing releasing. So, and there's uh, just, I'm not yeah, there's to, just not a, the tablet market is way too saturated for them to do anything. So I, I can't see them doing something significant enough for somebody to buy one of their tablets. That just, that doesn't even sound right. Like a Google I'll, tablet. I'll say it like this. Google, prove me wrong. I am. I invite you to prove me. I, I would love to actually have <laughs> to have a tablet that could to say it would compete with the iPad is just crazy talk. But let's let's just say that it can actually compete as a viable tablet. Let let's just say that it, you know, as far as other Android tablets are concerned, that is something that would be viable. If you could do that, then I will come on this very show and talk about how I was wrong. I don't think that's going to happen, but I will do it. So let happen. me just say that. So, so y'all, we, we saved, we say this last one. It's not, a, it's not a huge tech story, but we got to talk about it because, uh, it's social Kanye, media. You can, you can count social media as technology yeah. in a way. Kanye is out here wild. Um, <laughs> he had him and Candace Owens had the, the, what was it, the white lives matter shirts. Yeah. That one a tech story. So we ain't got to talk about that. We got to talk about this because this bro just got kicked off of Instagram and Twitter with the quickness. because he is tweeting DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. What is he doing? What What is he thinking? What is going so, on with this? 
I have questions. <laughs> um, yeah. So Kanye has been his, his, his Instagram and his Twitter accounts have both been restricted as they, um, call it. It's a status where your accounts do remain active, but you are forbidden from posting for some undetermined amount of time. So who knows mm-hmm. when, uh, Meta or Twitter will let him back on the platforms. They have not yet banned him from the platforms and deactivated his accounts. They're still there, but he's just not allowed to post for the time being um, for tweeting uh, DEFCON 3, which was supposed to be DEFCON or uh, a reference to DEFCON. Um, so, so I have some questions. You know, the, the rationale for, um, you know, deactivating his accounts or, or restricting him or whatever was that, you know, he had posted racist and anti-Semitic content. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye has been posting racist content mm-hmm. for a, a while. Mm-hmm. Um, why did it take this to get him off of these platforms? That's, that's question number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, um, would it have made a difference had he gotten the reference correct? Um, mm-hmm. because I think because he said DEFCON three yeah, and not DEFCON, right. yes, right. DEFCON three. Um, I mean, death is that you can, you can take <laughs> that as a direct threat. I mean, it's death, you know what I mean? And, you know, I don't know if he meant to do that and was thinking and was hoping he would get away because of the nuance of the, the two terms. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering had he actually used the correct term, um, or maybe, this was the correct term he wanted to use. Um, had he used the other term, DEFCON3, would we be having this conversation? So a couple questions. <laughs> I don't know. Just putting it out there. No, uh, I was thinking the same thing. I just find Kanye. So <laughs> he knows. He knows. Because in according to the thing I'm reading in NPR and reading the actual quote, <laughs> he in all caps, Jewish people. And it's like, <laughs> you know, Good and well, on purpose, mm-hmm. you wanted to draw attention to this, knowing that there was a, a possibility that somebody's going to react. So call Kanye crazy or <sighs> an evil genius, a genius. I was trying not to say it. Call him a genius because or a psychopath, sociopath or something. So, either way, in both those cases. What he's doing is drawing attention to himself mm-hmm. and what Kanye, what the Kardashians, what Joe Rogan, what some of these politicians, Donald Trump, what these people have realized that there is no such thing as bad press. Not they use these things and they get banned. And that's only I don't know Kanye from anybody but i'm pretty sure he is not mad about this he's going to use this as fuel mm-hmm. to then do something else maybe not it may be a lateral move it may be he may go take the next step but he's looking at this as proof positive that they on my neck <laughs> so let me do something else you know so but and and but it's he, like again he's such a a weird person because it's almost like if you just use those powers for good, well, you get so much more done. Narcissistic <laughs> behavior. That's right, the thing. Right, that's right, that's the right. problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't believe for a minute that he accidentally used death con instead of right. using death con. Right. Um, I know that he is no longer with his, are, are they divorced yet? Is the divorce final or are they still going through it? Him, I don't know about final, but they've been through the, so, so they've been I, through I, the whole thing. Yeah. I know that they are no longer together, mm-hmm. but he's been around her enough to allow some of that social media savvy to rub off. Um, mm-hmm. because you can say what you want to say about the Kardashians. I really ain't feeling them just like I really ain't feeling Kanye, but they have figured out how to use social media to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, he, he took some, some copious notes and that is what he is doing, saying some of the most outrageous stuff. But, uh, you know, Stephanie, you, you made a point. Uh, he's been saying this kind of stuff for a long time. For a hot minute, hot minute. Um, while all of a sudden, and I'll just say this, this is more of a after party type of conversation. We will continue it over there. But yeah, you know, you do have to ask the question, why now 
um, you know, is it problematic that he is out here saying just crazy stuff? And like I said, I, I he should be banned or not banned. He, he should be uh, suspended or, you know, his accounts locked for a time being. And if he if, if, if they do their investigations and find out that this is in violation of our terms and they need to ban him. I have no problem with that because it's like, you know what? People always say, I mean, you know, like he, he, this is what gets me about folks like Kanye. He has a lot of folks who are looking up to him who are now out there saying, you're messing with his uh, First Amendment rights. And it's like, last time I checked, the government ain't said, you know, said anything about this. And anything. They've said nothing right. about it. You know, the, the, you know, th- those, those, you know, First Amendment warriors, those freedom of speech warriors, they generally probably have no idea what freedom of speech actually means. It's like the hmm. government is not Never prohibiting did. him from saying the most vicious and vile things that he wants to say. You know, these private companies have said it, you know, um, our publicly traded companies have, have said, no, you can't say this on our platform. Therefore, we're going to quell your speech. You can't say this on our platform. Therefore, we're going to quell, you know, so which is that, so, which issue. is. Which is so hypocritical, right? Because all these free speech people love corporations. So I don't understand how you're not making the connection that the corporations are the ones messing with your quote unquote free speech. But they keep, they love companies and they don't want companies to be taxed and more jobs and all these things. Again, Rob, you're right. This is a. Definitely a after party question. But the point I wanted to get to ultimately is like poor Diddy. He got <laughs> dragged into this because they got some beef. And right. Ye was like, I'm going to use you as an example as to how to show the Jewish people that you can't you can't mess with me. And Diddy's like, what? What, what did I, I do? do with you? Well, <laughs> and, and then too, you know, <laughs> back to back to the point about why now? Because in in an article in on in the New York Times, um, the Anti Defamation League has already designated the term "White Lives Matter" as a white supremacist phrase. So mm-hmm. that's already on record. So mm-hmm. when he wore that T-shirt and posted that picture, this should have been happening. And, and so, you know, again, the timing, timing is everything. Timing is everything. I I would really, you know, want to understand. And I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go there, but I I would love to understand why the timing of this rhetorically understand. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Put your good journalistic principles in place where you're going to ask the question. I'm just asking the question. Yeah. You know I mean, like we already know what, what it is, but it, it, it's just, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. So guys, we have a couple times uh, in this episode made reference to the after party, which we are about to kick off. But for those who are listening and not watching us, you know, what is this after party? So if you were to head over to patreon.com, forward slash detect john you will find that we are over there and you can support the show by becoming a patron of the tech john um, we've got i believe three tiers over there um with various uh you know uh, different uh you know tiers that you can do different things in but one of the things that everybody who becomes a patron of the tech john can do is watch us record the show live in our live stream and then hang out with us after the show in our after party where we have way different kind of conversations. Um, you never, you never know where it's going to go. So once again, in order to do that, head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech John, anything that you do to support the show helps us bring this weekly show to you every week. And we really appreciate it. So we are at that time. Y'all I'm looking at the clock. Um, we are right, uh, you know, at the top of, you know, of an hour. Which uh, we, we've been pretty good for probably the last couple of months at not going way too short, not going way too long on shows. But uh, it's about that time. So uh, Tech Life Steph, why don't you tell folks how they can get to you? You can find me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. StephanieHumphrey.com. I promise it's coming soon. And I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where we're wrapping up. Um, I'm working with a really uh, dope young sister um, named Shay. 
I forget what Shay's last name is. Her her web, her company's Ranklift Digital, um, but she's doing putting together the site for me. We are right at the last little bits of of final touches, and I'm trying to figure out actually how I want to launch. If I want to do something virtual or something sort of hybrid and kind of have an actual party, and then maybe have a, a way for folks to to follow along online as well. But um, but it's coming. StephanieHumphrey.com is coming soon. So stay tuned. <laughs> and you can find me all over the internet at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H. And uh, last week, you know, Rob and his two homies, uh, Chris and Rod, they have their own podcast called the SMRpodcast.com. And they brought me on last week to talk about some Apple features as it relates to privacy, as it relates to data security, as it relates to unsubscribing from emails, Right. You know, we're never sure if that works or not. But uh, one of the features that I talked about was a surefire way that you can stop people from emailing you. So if you definitely head over to smrpodcast.com, you can check out that latest episode where I give you the lowdown. So definitely check me out over there as well. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you on. And uh, as we as we said on the show, it's been a minute because, you know, for a while you was covered over probably like once a month for uh, for a minute on that show. So it's it been a while. You know, we, you know, you know, think people get busy and stuff like that. So yeah, I got big time you. and left a brother out because I was blowing up. That's nah, what it, it was. It's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> but anyway, I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. Uh, and we are also at the tech John on all the things. So head over to whatever social media platform you'd like and holler at us at the tech John, the tech J A W N until we meet again in a week's time. Peace. Peace. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex ultra soft tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex ultra soft tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin for this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.